Welcome everyone to a new episode of the podcast Self-Evolution Regardless. And in today's episode, as promised, we're going to be talking about emotional numbness. Now, this episode is dedicated to talking about emotional numbness. And it's such a huge, sort of like an obvious way to tell if someone is suffering from PTSD. Post-traumatic stress um, especially prevails after traumatic events, whether it be witnessing or experiencing um, any types of abuse, whether it be emotional, verbal, uh, mental, sexual, or even physical abuse, or like I said, experiencing uh, them. So, and it's hard, it's definitely difficult, it's painful to have to go through such symptoms of post-traumatic stress, given that at any point in time, the stress that is related to the traumatic events isn't like the ordinary stress that we face, for example, when we're stuck in the middle of a traffic jam, or when we're stressed out for an interview of a job, or before an exam, or it's not that simple, it's not that easy. The post-traumatic stress is usually elongated through a long period of time. And a worse version of PTSD is the sorry, the complex post-traumatic stress disorder, which is when someone lives every single day feeling like they're walking on eggshells every single day. This is especially the case if they're living with someone who is abusive, who might be suffering from one of the personality disorders that we talked about in the previous episode, uh, the DSM cluster B disorders, DSM-5 cluster B disorders, and they might not be aware of their symptoms or the way they treat people because they've never been properly diagnosed before, you know, and so it's definitely hard to have to live with someone who is Acting like a parasite and consuming your every ounce every day. They're consuming you emotionally, verbally, physically, sexually. They're just eating you up every single day. And then you have to handle it. You have to endure this pain. You have to be strong and you have to be okay with it. And you have to, you know, just take care of yourself no matter what, you know... Actually, um, it's not that easy. It's actually not easy at all when you're in that situation. Being even your own family or a spouse or a partner that you're living with daily, it's not like you can easily, you know, cut off, cut them off of your life or go no contact with these people. It's extremely difficult and a huge 
sort of like um, a huge step to make, especially because it's against the normal sort of socialized, you know, it's it's against the norm of a human being to be part of a group, to belong to a group, to a tribe. That's how we should naturally act. But having to go no contact, having to let go of the abuse behind, it's not easy at all. And I will for sure dedicate an entire episode talking about going no contact and the nitty-gritty stuff about it, about going no contact, because it is an exciting topic to talk about, but it's also a challenging one for even emotional and psychological preparedness before actually doing it. All right, so um, without getting any farther away from the main topic of today's episode... Emotional numbness is good and bad. Emotional numbness. It's the numbness of emotions. Being numb emotionally. Okay. So it can be good when we are trying to not absorb what we're witnessing or experiencing. For example, if we're trying to set boundaries with a toxic person or toxic people in our lives, if we're trying to emotionally and mentally distance ourselves from the situation that this abuser is suffering from or that, or the problem in general, or if there's a case of, of a crisis that someone is going through, um we don't have to necessarily put ourselves in the situation completely and then drown and have nobody help us empathy is huge and it's important okay it's such a delicate thing to have and it's a precious quality to have and to be able to empathize with someone else who is suffering from something or a problem that they might have but not to the extent where we feel like we're drowning in a vast spacious ocean and we feel like nobody is coming to help us anytime soon so it's not really a good idea Perhaps then emotional numbness can be a good thing. We we do numb ourselves emotionally in order for us to not get affected by emotional overload that we might be exposed to, you know, um, and that's a good thing. And we might also use emotional numbness as an effective way to go gray rock going gray rock at least before going no contact is a good thing to use 
in order for us to not be easily influenced by, for example, what the narcissist has to say, what the narcissist has to express their opinion on us of how should we wear our clothes, what should we eat, where should we go, who should we go with, who should, who should we spend time with, etc., etc. Going gray rock while using emotional numbness is a very efficient combo to make ourselves look, sound, and seem boring to the parasite, to the energy-consuming vampire parasite that keeps on wanting to consume and eat up our energy and leave us dry at the end of the day. It can be good, okay, in certain contexts, in certain settings, in certain situations, it can be extremely good. But it will not be good if it becomes the automatic self-defense mechanism. In the, even in the, the situations where the person we're dealing with doesn't necessarily feel like they're toxic, but we hate it. It's like we're allergic to it. We hate it. We get bothered by it. We are terrified of emotions and when they're overwhelming us. Even just thinking, expressing emotions at the time will be something exhausting to do and to have to go through. Because that's when it's bad. It's bad when it becomes an automatic self-defense mechanism. It'll be consuming to us. It'll be something that will help us dissociate further from people. Even though I know and you probably also do know that dissociation is good at times it's important sometimes to dissociate from people and situations that might harm us. But it's not good when it's done too frequently or all the time, even from the people who want to empathize with us. Even with the people who want to make genuine, sincere connections with us. That's when it turns sour. And I hate to mention it further. I hate to t tell you, my dear listener, how bad it feels when you're experiencing some sort of an emotional <clears throat> numbness. But it's those flashbacks that keep you hanging and that keep you lose your ability to express emotions. And the fact that... Probably events that supposedly arouse strong emotions in us, the idea itself terrifies us. And it's those bad times of those 
very scary, horrifying, gross, just haunting memories and flashbacks of the traumatic events that we go through. They will numb us. They will make us feel empty. And they will make us feel as though nothing really matters. It makes us feel as though, I mean, these flashbacks, these memories, they make us feel like, well, what the heck? Why am I expressing my emotions anyway? What's the point of having emotions? Like, I should probably just numb them and suppress them and shut them up. It's better than to drown in my own emotions in this ocean of emotions and not know how to save myself before anybody else could. It's these events, these flashbacks, these memories that slow us down and trap us. And it's because of these that we go through depression and depressive episodes. Not totally clinical depression, but those in, you know, that, that disinterest in every and any single thing. Just total disinterest, total carelessness, just absolute numbness. And then you feel like nothing. Because what's the matter? Because like, what is so important anymore? What is the purpose of life, right? And I do admit, actually, um, not every day goes as bad as being empty and feeling empty inside and even expressing that emptiness on the physical level but it's also sorry um but it's also the way that that emptiness in itself haunts us the idea itself just locks us in this room. It locks us up in this room and we can't find any key or anything to just help us get out of this room. It's dark, it's lonely, it's closing in. And it's more terrifying if you're claustrophobic yourself, so. I hate to tell you that. But again, it's not every day that we feel this bad. It's those days that whenever something the narcissist says or the antisocial mentions or does to us or the borderline affects us in it, it's those things that remind us of the past, of how painful the past was and how it's repeating itself and how we feel like the past 
is a freaking wheel that keeps repeating itself over and over again and it, it looks like it's endless this time. Which is why we feel so numb, which is why we feel like, you know, we're better off without our emotions anyway. And why do we even get to express our emotions? Because a lot of the times the narcissist will tell us to not express them when they gaslight us, right? When they gaslight us. Remember, they tell us how unnecessary it is to even feel. Our emotions don't matter. The way we look at things doesn't matter. Our perspective of things doesn't matter. Our interpretation of things does not matter. The way we see things doesn't matter. We, we, the way we feel about things doesn't matter. But the problem also is that we're constantly hearing those sentences. Every single time they get the chance, that sentence will be repeated. In any single, in, I mean, sorry, in many different diverse versions, in endless versions, you will hear that sentence being repeated to you until it's fucking registered in your subconscious fucking mind. It's there, it's stuck. Now what? And until it's there, you can't get rid of it that easily. The trap, the biggest trap in all this is our subconscious mind. Because believe me, if something stays stuck in the conscious mind, getting rid of it will be like a snap. Very easy. Nothing to worry about. It's, it's gone. It's out of our system. Fine. But if it gets stuck in the subconscious mind, that's where the problem lies. Because that's where the emotional numbness in itself becomes fucking automatic. See that? Got it? I hope you did. I hope, my dear listener, I made sense so far. Okay, I'm trying to make an effort here, so please <laughs> bear with me. Okay, so back to our last sentence. So the narcissist or the antisocial or the borderline or the abuser in general, they will keep these sentences repeated whenever they get the occasion Whenever it feels convenient to them, because you don't matter, obviously. They don't have empathy. Like I talked in the previous episode, see the overlap between all those Cluster B personalities? The main problem with them, other than the uh, identity and relation, uh, interpersonal relationships that they have and the self identity problem and crisis that they have the most common thing between all those personality disorders is the fact that they don't have empathy they lack empathy they don't put themselves in your goddamn shoes listen 
They might pretend to be sympathetic for five minutes, and then it's gone. It's over. It's back to the same old wheel of abuse. They might be showing you some sort of like a generosity, some sort of care, some sort of affection, some sort of sympathy. And let me tell you, there is a big, big difference between sympathy and empathy. Although they sound very similar and they might mean similar things that actually don't um, get represented in the real world the same way. Because sympathy is superficial. It's only like feeling bad over someone's crisis or bad situation or problem. It's not like empathy. Sympathy stops there. It stops at feeling bad for someone else. That's it. Empathy, though, is pretty much feeling that person, you know, feeling what that person feels, putting yourself in their shoes, and go with the flow, go with the flow, and look for solutions to this problem but it's not you that's gonna look for the solution you're gonna help this person look for solutions that that are appropriate for them that are appropriate for their situation for their case for their problem you're just gonna help them find a way out of the maze that they're stuck in you're not gonna steal their path see and this is the difference. Empathy is so much more deeper than... Uh, sorry. Empathy is much deeper than sympathy. See the difference? But people with personality disorders that lack empathy will not show it. They probably, probably pretend to be empathetic about it. You know, and just love bomb you again but it's all part of the stage that they're performing in it's all part of getting the attention getting the supply they need it's not about you it's about them and they might show a tiny teeny tiny small amount of sympathy just to make you feel good about yourself for five seconds and then it's gone it's over Forget about it. It's not like someone who truly wants to connect with you. Truly wants to feel what you're feeling. Truly wants to go with the flow with you. And help you find solutions that are appropriate for your situation in case. No. So back to the main talk of this episode. Is the fact that... We hear the statements of stop it. Stop feeling like that. Stop it. No, it doesn't matter. You don't have to be angry. Stop crying. Stop being a crybaby. You don't have to be so happy about it. You don't have to jump around and be so happy-go-lucky about it. We hear those sentences 
all the freaking time. And whenever it is appropriate for them, whenever it is convenient for them, they don't mind telling us that shit. They don't mind drugging us with those sentences. And then they gaslight us, and then we fall for it. And that's the problem, because then it gets registered in our subconscious mind, and then we're stuck there, and it takes therapy, or even a daily lifestyle commitment for change in order to get rid of some of that toxic stuff in our subconscious mind. A lot of commitment, a lot of visitations, and definitely a whole lot to change lifestyle-wise. So, to... I know this has been, this has been the longest introduction <laughs> to the main... Um, uh, idea of this episode but it's not really introduction it's actually sort of like the context of the emotional numbness but this is gonna pretty much uh be not the end not the end but i'm gonna mention 13 signs that you might suffer from if you're suffering from emotional numbness so these signs, these sorry signs, are inspired from the blog post or article entitled "13 Signs You're Struggling with Emotional Numbness." That's the secret illness, and it's from LonerWolf.com, and I love this blog so much. It's so like thorough and credible in its information. It's not like, you know, like, uh, written by a psychotherapist or a psychologist, but it's very helpful, at least, to understand the simple terms of technical stuff that happen in psychology and the jargon that's a bit difficult, like the last episode. This one, at least, has understandable signs. So, 13. Number one, inability to express strong negative or positive emotions. See, it affects our even positive and negative emotions. And there's the inability to express them. To express the strong negative and positive emotions. This is, it's, it's affecting every single aspect of emotions. Number two, inability to fully participate in life. Like, feeling like you're a passive observer. Feeling like you're just watching with your eyes, like everything is away from you, you can't reach a thing, and you're just an observer, passing by, and that's, that's how it feels. Number three, feeling that life is a dream. There's a sense of unreality put into it. Number four, 
Uh, sorry, before we move to number four, it may actually feel like a lucid dream because lucid dreams tend to be tricky. And this, and life in general, may feel like a lucid dream. Number four, living on autopilot feels like uh, an automatic way of going and doing stuff, like without. <clears throat> like without the ability to express emotions or choose or decide between things, it, it feels like automatic, autopilot. Number five, lack of interest in activities others find enjoyable. And this is, again, a symptom of depression. Losing the interest in activities uh, that others might find enjoyable or actually even losing interest in the activities that you used to find enjoyable yourself. This is bad. This is really bad. Number six, feeling distant from others. Feeling like you can't connect with them. Feeling like you're just far away intellectually, spiritually, physically, socially, emotionally, all of the just away from people who can't connect with anybody this is so sad number seven the tendency to do to withdraw from friends and family members yeah withdraw as in you're not understood nobody can talk to you the way you want to be talked to um these people that you know and that and these people that know you will not be able to figure out your situation and problems and therefore you distance yourself because it's not worth it to talk to them because they don't understand you so you just distance yourself distance yourself and you just find introversion to be something very interesting and something you want to become a part of in your life like have it as a personality trait within you number eight emotions are only felt in the body as sensations but not by the mind or else or else are completely muted in the body and show up in as illness so they're they're only felt in the body as sensations. They're not in the mind. They're not memorable. They're not um, cognitively memorable. So, or even worse, actually, they might be even muted in the body and only show up in illnesses. Um. I think I think um I'll be talking about a point that I'll address in the very last sign because um I might foreshadow it a little bit here. So we I said earlier uh muted in the body. Say for example um happiness. You can't really smile very well. You feel like you can't control your mouth to smile in a 
genuine, happy, like very, very happy way. Like you can't fully control the muscles of your mouth to smile, a happy smile. And then your face, the whole, the whole face, the whole facial muscles will not follow along with the muscles of the mouth while you're smiling, which feels like a fake smile. Because you're smiling with your mouth, you're actually forcing yourself to smile, and then your face isn't expressing the rest of the... the rest of the emotion with the rest of the facial muscles. So it feels like a very fake, unhappy, ungenuine, dis... oh, ingenuine, disingenuine smile. As an example. Number 10, not feeling anything in situations that would generally generate strong emotions. Yes. Okay, this is just, just to put a remark here. Not in the way, not to the point where you're literally a psychopath, not feeling anything at all. No, but it's, it's that you, you don't feel anything. You don't feel anything. You don't feel happy, sad, angry, frustrated. Just, I don't know. Bored, overwhelmed, excited, etc. In these types of situations which generally uh, generate, I don't know, even a birthday. Or a birth of someone. Or a death of someone. Or a promotion at a job. Or a success after an exam or a good grade of an exam or bad grade in an exam you know nothing feels like anything at all and this is on the emotional level these events that i just mentioned generally would arouse or spur or generate strong emotions but not to the emotionally numb people number 11 a panic or terror when strong emotions eventually break through when strong emotions break through there's some sort of a terror and panic because of the overwhelm that these emotions have on the brain as well as the body it's already overwhelming to not feel anything it feels like you're hiding something but then when it wants to express itself it expresses itself in a very strong way and that terrifies you and it puts you in the situation where you're already freaking out and stressed out about it so yeah this is very painful to talk about, honestly. Um, number 12. Feeling empty inside. It can translate into a particular part of the body that feels empty, which manifests itself on the physical level. And the throat and the stomach, you know, um, the head one of the legs, the lower back, any part of the body will feel empty and then it'll 
it'll manifest itself in this world like you're feeling like you're suffocating because of because of this emptiness you feel like there's not enough oxygen getting in there because it's empty you know it's not the same emptiness of a narcissist that hasn't been emotionally nurtured when they were, when they were a child this is a different kind of emptiness this is the emptiness of being told all the time to not have to express their emotions because they don't matter and finally physical and emotional numbness that is flat and here's the idea that i wanted to mention earlier physical and emotional numbness so i i mentioned in one of the previous episodes i forgot which one exactly i think it was maybe before raising a child to not be confident i think that one i think is that one i don't know i forgot but i mentioned i foreshadowed i talked about the movement of the eyebrow and this is specific with me this is my personal experience when it comes to this emotional numbness um usually i find myself so weird not able to express anger with my eyebrows i feel like a lot of the times i don't even have eyebrows in the first place when i'm feeling angry i don't frown appropriately to show that i'm angry usually i'd raise them or getting closer to look like i'm confused to show people that i'm confused or that i'm happy or that i'm surprised or that i'm shocked but i don't i i don't get it i was not able to do this properly before i don't know if this has been ever since i was a child because of the um neglect or if it's recent because of the the abuse and um feeling like my emotions don't matter but what i'm trying to say is when it comes to anger i don't really frown appropriately i i don't even remember that i have eyebrows in the middle of my anger like it's so weird but it's so intense like the anger that i have is intense in situations that i really want to express it but then i forget that i have eyebrow muscles and muscles underneath the eyes and muscles underneath or in the cheeks where i can actually like frown and be angry and control my mouth also in a way that shows that i'm you know talking with a lot of you know reaction and reactivity and and anger I can't do it it's weird now i don't know if you have a personal uh story with this i mean i am so sorry if you have been going through some kind of emotional numbness because it's definitely difficult and it affects your life and how people look at you because usually when i'm angry people don't understand me like i'm trying to be angry but i'm not frowning like i'm not showing that i'm speaking with anger 
Even though my voice is showing it, it's shouting and it's angry. In situations, of course, I'm not all the time angry. I'm not a beast, for God's sake. But it's this thing that frustrates me that I cannot control the muscles of my eyes or face to show that I'm angry at times, which... Honestly, I don't even wonder why people misunderstand me when I'm angry, so... Well, I guess I'll have to work on that more. So, um, and so, yeah, so instead of anger being like real anger, it becomes flat. And that's what I'm trying to say with the idea that I mentioned earlier. So if you have something like that, you know, I'm so sorry. Please help yourself figure this stuff out and... Work on expressing your emotions in the healthiest ways you can. Of course, there are ways to beat the emotional numbness through through exercise, through talking it out, through letting it go, finding support groups, letting it out, write it down in journals, write it, jot it down in papers and then burn them and throw them away or just just whatever you know just do whatever it is you can or you want for you for yourself um the world doesn't have to know you're doing this stuff but it's only for you to help you recognize your emotions and recognize how important it is to express them of course don't ignore your emotions and also don't believe them as facts. But just be able to express them appropriately in a balanced way. Of course, it's not going to be easy, man. It's not going to be easy. I'm not telling you to do this overnight. It takes time. It takes patience and it takes, you know, dedication and a lot of trial and error to get there. So I'm praying with you on this journey to improve on your emotional self and emotional maturity. And I hope you get there sooner than I will. And that's what matters to me the most. And I hope the problem of emotional numbness ends soon for me and for you and for everyone else on this planet i sure do i hated talking about this topic i i i mean i did enjoy recording it of course talking about it to you my dear listeners i just hated the topic because it's so painful and sad to talk about especially when i myself have a personal experience with it um so regardless I hope you enjoyed and learned something from this episode. I know it might be a little too long, but I hope I got everything right. I hope I got everything that I could in this episode, and I hope I didn't take too long. Hopefully, you got something from this episode, which is what matters to me the most. So, anyway, uh, if you'd like to see this podcast thriving and successful, please don't hesitate to support it and be generous. 
I'm just kidding. Uh, you know, just any single, you know, just any amount is very much appreciated. You'll be given a special shout out about it. And if you would also not mind, uh, please consider, you know, looking at the links that I'll be posting in the show notes about the uh, merch, about the website, and Instagram and Facebook pages. And uh, please follow, you know, like and share and do whatever it is you want. And uh, yeah, pretty much. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you in the next episode.